Welcome to Seek to Speak's first podcast episode. My name is Aisa, and in this week's episode, we will be talking about how to exercise expression. I'm super excited to share these tips and tricks with you. This podcast is brought to you by SeekToSpeak.com, a public speaking resource suitable for the casual and competitive speaker. Show us some love by checking out our Facebook and Instagram pages. So a big problem that people typically have against speaking out or giving speeches is that they feel like they don't have anything valuable to say. And even if they do, they feel like they don't have the ability to express themselves well. So today we're going to talk about steps to overcome that fear. We're going to talk about having self-awareness and the value of regular reflections. We're going to talk about how we should care about issues, empathy over apathy. And lastly, we're going to talk about how we need to constantly communicate and practice bravery in our daily lives. So let's start with self-reflection. Typical rom-coms will see the hero or heroine suddenly realizing at the end of the movie how they feel about someone. And so they run off to the airport and do this big gesture at the disbelief of everybody in the audience who thought that it was so obvious. But in actuality, a lot of us are actually unsure of how we feel most of the times. That's why we have trouble making certain decisions. Or that's why we wonder why we keep thinking about an incident and can't seem to shake off this feeling of discomfort. And that's what makes putting these feelings into words even harder. For how do we encapsulate how we feel into words when we don't know it ourselves? So being self-aware is really, really important. So how do we become aware of our feelings short of being an audience in a movie of your life or paying a therapist a lot of money to tell you how you feel, it is really the basic exercise of self-reflection. Asking yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I think I feel this way? Is there a particular incident that you think triggered this emotion or this feeling? And I think that self-reflection is a very important part of self-development as well, as well as your personal growth. The unfortunate thing is that self-reflection is a luxury that a lot of people can't afford in today's modern world. Michelle Obama, former First Lady of America, who I really, really adore and is one of my idols, sums this up really nicely in her book entitled Becoming. Time seemed to loop and leap, making it feel impossible to measure or track. Each day was packed. Each week and month and year we spent in the White House was packed. I'd get to Friday and need to work to remember how Monday and Tuesday had gone. I'd sit down to dinner sometimes and wonder where and how lunch had happened. Even now... I still find it hard to process. The velocity was too great. The time for reflection too limited. So while we're not as busy as Michelle Obama or her husband, we're all still pretty busy with our lives and our work and our loved ones. And most of the time, as adults, we're not allowed to stop and think about our feelings, especially when they're not positive, and especially when people are depending on us. If we're someone's rock, we're not allowed to feel, we're not allowed to engage in those feelings or wallow in pity or indecision. 
Being an adult means we are constantly told to suck it up because life is hard and we got to deal with it. And a lot of the time, these feelings are seen as weaknesses, not good for your career or your relationship. And that's really sad because being aware of your feelings is not just being aware of your emotions. It's about reacquainting yourself to your inner thoughts. It's also about knowing why you like or dislike certain things, why you can relate to a certain group of people, why you identify with a certain ideology, or why you feel attached to a certain school of thought. It's not just your feelings, but rather what makes you you, the sum of all your thoughts and ideas that are made up of all the experiences that you've gone through, the lessons that you've learned, be it being a liberal or conservative, a women's rights activist or a refugee activist, or simply someone who just hates people who are tardy and loves doing nothing, literally nothing at home on a weekend and are actually really happy about the MCO happening. Knowing who you are and what you are is a first step in communicating to others what you represent. It makes it easier for you to put your thoughts into words because that's a thought process that you regularly go through yourself. It also makes it more fulfilling to talk about things that actually matter to you and not just stuff that happens during the day or things that you watch on TV or the latest trends on social media. So it also increases your quality of life as well as helps you develop to be better because then you're more aware of your strength and weaknesses as well. And since you are bit better able to identify yourself to a group of thought, it's also easier to align yourself to people who think the same way as you. So all in all, it allows you to be a better communicator and it allows you to be a better person. But how does this translate into real life? And in practical terms, it just means that you should record what you think and why you feel a certain way. This can come in the form of doing voice notes addressed to yourself, having an online or offline journal, or even vlogging to yourself using your phone or your computer. And these things don't get published and it shouldn't get published because it's how you create a safe space for you to be honest with yourself, knowing that there'll be no one who will be judging you and the only person who will look at these videos again would be you. And that's really great because you can always go back to those recordings to find out why you felt a certain way and the probable triggers that caused you to say something or to act in a certain way. For example, when I'm really emotional, I actually write all my feelings down on in my Google Docs drive. It's like an online journal. So what it does is that it helps me better verbalize my feelings so when I ventilate these feelings to myself, literally to no one, I actually feel better because it feels like a burden that's lifted off of my shoulders. And it also cheers me up because when I wrote those things, I'm usually quite high on my emotions. And after I'm done, I'm a lot more calm and I'm a lot more rational. So sometimes when I reread the passages, I not only feel silly, I realize that sometimes I'm even in the wrong. So it allows me to look back at my thoughts and help me rationalize them 
as well. What's so great about this exercise is that you don't need anybody's help to get to this conclusion. You just need to have faith in yourself and be comfortable with your thoughts. And most of the time, this just means you should take a breather from your fast-paced life and relax, have a coffee, turn on some music and just be still with your thoughts. When Michelle Obama finally had time to self-reflect, she wrote a book about it and that book within the first 15 days of its release became the best-selling book in America for the year 2018. And while not all of us will become best-selling authors by going through this exercise of self-reflection, only good can come out of this exercise because knowing yourself and communicating your best self to other people is a process that anyone and everyone can benefit from. So here's Michelle Obama again of her life after the White House. I was thinking instead about how in a few minutes I would go back inside my house, wash my plate in the sink, and head up to bed, maybe open a window so I could feel the spring air, how glorious that would be. I was thinking too that the stillness was affording me a first real opportunity to reflect. As first lady, I'd get to the end of a busy week and need to be reminded how it had started. But time is beginning to feel different. As a teacher, the three most hateful words in the English language and in this particular order is, I don't know followed with a nonchalant shrug. In its mildest form, this kind of apathy comes at the annoyance of a teacher trying to teach in a classroom, and usually in, a re in response to a question posed about what they thought on an issue, whether they cared about the things that are happening outside their house, or whether or not they had an opinion on the matter. But in its most dangerous form, apathy can lead to indifferent citizens, people who don't care, don't bother to speak up, and people who don't engage in discourse or fight for a change. Apathy leads to low voter turnout. It leads to injustices being perpetuated. It leads to a lack of accountability on the government. Apathy also breeds more apathy because, of course, it's a lot easier to just not do anything. But empathy, which is the opposite of apathy and is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another, is something so powerful. And I think that is something that everybody should practice, which is the idea that you should always try to empathize with other people and understand where they're coming from. One of my favorite authors, J.K. Rowling, the person that brought you Harry Potter, spoke on imagination and empathy at her Harvard commencement address in the year 2011. She talked about the effects of empathy and how it can bring positive change to everyone. The power of human empathy leading to collective action saves lives and frees prisoners. Ordinary people whose personal well-being and security are assured join together in huge numbers to save people they do not know and will never meet. My small participation in that process was one of the most humbling and inspiring experiences of my life. Unlike any other creature on this planet, 
human beings can learn and understand without having experienced. They can think themselves into other people's places. So practice empathy. Put yourself in other people's shoes. What are their struggles? What are their hopes and dreams? How do they overcome obstacles? Do they need help? Can you help? When you care, when you try to understand, you tend to feel things. You humanize these people from facts or numbers to actual human beings who feel the same way as you do, who have similar hopes and dreams but are born with different circumstances. And if there's an injustice and inequality that exists within the society that affects these minority groups even more, you are also more likely to speak up because you feel that compassion. You empathize with them. It helps you find your voice by lifting the voices of others. Empathy is the leading force behind the Black Lives Matter movement. It's the reason why people living below the poverty line survive during the pandemic because of brave NGOs collaborating and helping those in need with food as well as resources. Empathy is a driving force of our humanity. But empathy is not just about going big and starting a revolution. It's also about standing up for a little guy. It's also about understanding where people are coming from and being maybe being more tolerant to their views. It's about creating a very conducive environment for people to have discourse productively without feeling offense, without feeling like they're being attacked. And I think that's what's really important when it comes to empathy, when you're having a conversation. It feels like there is a common ground that you're both trying to achieve. And when you have a conversation filled with empathy, it's a lot easier to come to a resolution or to come to an agreement on any issue. So find your local NGOs, donate to a cause or volunteer your services, do anything that is able to expose you to different people and different lives because it's easier to fight for something and to find your voice when you care about that something. So I'll end this second tip with a beautiful description of what empathy means to J.K. Rowling in the same Harvard commencement address. Imagination is not only the uniquely human capacity to envision that which is not and therefore the fount of all invention and innovation in its arguably most transformative and revelatory capacity, it is the power that enables us to empathize with humans whose experiences we have never shared. The last thing I want to talk about is this idea that we need to constantly communicate. As a grown-up, we have a... Of which I'm... I don't know why I had to say it as a grown-up. Like, I have to prove that I am a grown-up. Well, as adults, we have a habit of not confiding in people because we think it's a waste of time. It's whining, it's complaining, and all we do is burden other people with our worries. As opposed to when we were teenagers, where literally all we do is talk about stuff. Even now, teenagers have a serious case of sharing culture where they share literally everything on their social media pages. But I think we have a bravery deficit. I don't know where, but somewhere along the line, as we grow up, we become less and less able to talk about our feelings. People are afraid to speak their mind, scared of being judged or scrutinized. Is this politically correct? Do I sound dumb? 
Will I be associated with this group? Will my employer find out? Will my boyfriend find out? We have all of these questions and insecurities before we even think about typing those words on our social media sites. And most of the time, this is a good thing because you should self-regulate. But what if you overly self-regulate to the point where you just stop speaking your mind in spaces where people can see you? Now, this is a problem. To find out why this happens, I asked some of my loved ones about how they felt sharing their feelings to other people. I asked my husband Ikram about whether or not he would share personal things online. I asked my younger brother how he felt about talking to his nearest and dearest. I asked about my sister on issues of mental health, and this is what they say. Are these opinions something that you would consider expressing to others, if not to take to the streets, but to express on social media platforms, on a day-to-day basis, if asked by your peers? Actually, I'm not. not well, if asked, if, if, if probed or queried, I find that it is an invitation to express my views, in which case I can't be held accountable or like uh, for if they find it offensive or or insulting because it's that old it, it's that old adage of like you ask for it right but uh, would I unilaterally of my own volition put it on um, Instagram or Facebook or any other form of social media no I, I'm not comfortable with that m- mostly because I don't see a a a point and I don't see it, it, I don't see it benefiting the public, and I don't see it changing public perception. A lot of the times, the people who are close to us are actually the hardest ones to speak to. Maybe we care about them too much, or we care about what they think about us too much, or things that we say may jeopardize our future, like our job. Do you think it's something that's? Do you think that? That is a sentence that resonates with you. Oh, yes, definitely. In what way? Growing up in an Asian culture, I guess you could say it's very difficult for us, especially the millennials, you could say. When we're so exposed to all of this freedom of speech stuff, it really gets to us when we want to voice out. But having parents of different generations, they don't seem to understand that. But aren't you afraid that people may judge you that when you tell them, oh, I used to have depression or I have, I'm struggling with ADHD, that people look at you differently, they will ostracize you. That's usually the fears that people have when you have like mental health issues. I think I've already went through this, <laughs> like with the people around me, people I love. And, if, uh, and I've come to terms with that. And I've come to terms that not everybody will understand and that's okay. And I think if people who ostracize me like that, then they're not worth my time. And I feel like, you know, that shouldn't be a reason to stop talking about That's all the more reason we should talk about it. And I feel like um, it's... I want to... I, I think that's my main point of talking about it. You want to normalize. A, I want to give more voices to that you know not just me I'm sure that you can read up about it but I feel like it's not enough 
it was interesting to see why they all chose to share or not share. And I think in each clip, we can find a bit of ourselves in there because there's always a reason why we decide to say what we do to our peers or our friends or on the internet. And I think what's important here is to realize that this is all about your level of comfort. And the thing is, if we decide to constantly communicate, we will inevitably be better communicators as well. Exercising expression is a lot like exercising to tone your muscles. If you don't practice expressing yourselves, be it in person or online, then it's harder to find your voice and to communicate that voice. So that's why it's also very important to, if not communicate about everything, just start simple by always talking about your day, your concerns or emotions with someone every day, at least once a day with your partners or friends. Notice if you're completely honest with them and to what extent do you share? What Was it hard to do so? And why did you not share a certain thing? Or why did you not tell a little bit more of yourself? And then every day, maybe work towards sharing more of yourself or actually just getting used to the idea that if you want to share more about yourself, you would be fine with that. But right now, you don't feel like doing that. Go back to training your communication skills. A lot of the times, a lot of fights that happen between people or even in relationship is because of miscommunication or the lack of communication. So it's important for your relationships to speak your mind. As long as you're not bullying someone, as long as you're not intentionally mean, make sure that your communications are always productive and constructive. So practice a bit of bravery in your daily lives and try to speak more with the people around you or if it's easier to strangers, people who you meet across the street, you can politely say hello or thank you. Notice that we don't really do that here in Malaysia, but it happens a lot in Western countries. Despite teaching public speaking, um, being a varsity debater and a former practicing lawyer doing litigation, I still have a lot of fears with sharing stuff online. I fear being that my opinion will be trampled on. I fear being scrutinized. I fear that my opinions will be deconstructed and that I will be deemed as not smart or irrelevant. So I think what, what this week's challenge for Seek to Speak is that I would like all of you, if possible, and if this is something that you're comfortable with, to share something personal about your life in your social media platforms or to your loved ones that they would not have otherwise known or which you might not have otherwise shared. If we start doing this, even little by little with baby steps, I think that we can get over this fear of ours of not feeling like we have anything of worth to say and not feeling like we have the right words to say. Because sometimes 
the right words are always subjective and waiting for the right words to come will be like waiting for perfection to be achieved because you will always have something better to say about that issue or you would always feel like somebody has something better to say about that issue. So instead of trying to be perfect, try instead to be brave and constantly communicate with others. One of my favorite TED Talks and one that really resonated with me was by Reshma Saujani who talks about teaching girls bravery and not perfection. It was something that I could really relate to because I felt like a lot of what I decide not to talk about was because I felt like it wasn't the best thing uh, to say or because I felt like it was useless or meaningless in the sea of other opinions that were better than mine. Uh, Rashma also has a podcast called Brave Not Perfect, which I think if you have those kind of fears about speaking out will really, really help you as how it has helped me. And I really recommend listening to this podcast. So I hope you practice these steps of regular reflections, of empathizing instead of feeling apathy, and also to constantly communicate with others. And I really hope some of you will do the seek to speak challenge of posting something or saying something that you would otherwise not say or post if not for your fears and insecurities. And if you'd like to share that challenge with me, simply hashtag seek to speak challenge on Instagram and I will be doing the same. So good luck to all of you as well as to myself because this is still something that I struggle with. And I will end today's episode with a message from some of my friends and family of why they seek to speak in their daily lives. I seek to speak about the beauty of curly hair and it's something that you should cherish and it's something that should be loved. I seek to speak to inspire others to overcome their own personal hurdles. I seek to speak about interfaith marriage in Malaysia and its effect to children. I seek to speak that education is the most important thing, not just formal education, but education through experience as well. I seek to speak to give a voice for those who struggle with depression. I also seek to speak to create awareness of ADHD in adults. I seek to speak about becoming the strongest version of yourself, getting your priorities straight, thinking about yourself, and making sure that everything you do is for you. If you would like to share your Seek to Speak journey, what you seek to speak about or in spite of or regarding, please send on over your voice notes to our Instagram, Facebook, or email accounts, which you can find on our website, seektospeak.com, along with many other helpful articles about speaking out. And I'll be super happy to hear them and even happier to share them on the episodes next time. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and I will talk to you soon. Bye!